Sun Devil fans, it is a Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the defensive backfield, how they looked in 2021, how they're going to look in 2022, and we're going to go ahead and preview the Arizona State Sun Devils basketball game against the Stanford Cardinal this weekend. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils. Your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Arizona State Sun Devil fans, to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I'm one of your guides, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my great friend and co-guide, Connor Drios. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. Remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes, but is not limited to, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Me and Connor are there Monday to Friday. And now we're on YouTube as well so that you can see our beautiful faces as we, as we talk everything Arizona State Sun Devils, football, basketball, and a little bit of everything in between. This is the greatest college in the whole wide world. Maybe I'm biased or maybe I'm factual, but thank you guys again so much for making us your first listen. Make sure that you also follow us on Twitter. Myself, at Richie Brads, Connor, at Cedrios, and the Sun Devils page as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, Connor, as my good friend and co-guide, I do got to ask you, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I do have to just back this up one more time. We did the same thing yesterday. ASU is going to be the greatest college. Can you at least like pick a category? You can't say everything because that's definitely not true. So, so pick something that they're the greatest in. Number one in innovation. Uh, that is that is in their ads. That is 100%. Is. Anyone, like if you see some of their things in social media or their commercials, they say number one in innovation. I just want someone to explain to me like I'm five what that means. Like I know what it means to be innovative, but like how do you how do you weigh that? How do you score that, right? Like, it, it seems definitely subjective. And I feel like somebody at ASU said, hey, no one's claiming they're number one in this. Why don't we just take it? And no one else has taken it so far. So as of right now, ASU is the number one school in innovation. And nobody can take that away until further notice. Boop, boop, boop. Number one in innovation, baby. Forks up. So That was three what? on each hand. Forks up. Yeah, I'm just saying that was six. You said number one for for the people who are watching and and or not watching but listening in audio format. I threw up the forks up sign. Everybody knows what that is, and Connor is deciding to be a smarty pants. So I, I guess we can't expect anything more out of a GCU alum. But let's go ahead and hop into the defensive secondary side of the Arizona State Sun Devils football team. So this series we've been previewing each particular aspect of the Arizona State Sun Devils football, football team from the 2021 season, analyzing how it looked, what they did well, what they did bad, and then going further into detail on what the outlook is for 2022. So we have, uh, excuse me, we've arrived at the secondary. We still Richie, I'm getting, I'm getting breaking news. Uh, apparently Chase Lucas is eligible to come back for a sixth season for the super, super senior season. Wouldn't that be exciting? I mean, I think that'd be kind of sad. What? But I that's at some point, like, uh, did did you see? So totally unrelated, but very related. There's a meme for like the NFL memes or something that came out the other day, and it was someone like my dad got to watch uh, like 
like Dan Marino or Brett Favre, I know something exactly like that. What you're talking about? And my, I got to watch Tom Brady. My kids got to watch Tom Brady. We're gonna say that at some point about Chase Lucas. Yes. Like it was some great sec, like DB for ASU. And then we get to say I my, watched Chase my, Lucas. My kids my are gonna dad, watch Chase Lucas. My dad got to watch. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Played for uh, Mike Haynes. My dad got to watch Mike Haynes. Yeah, I got yeah, to Mike watch Haynes. Chase Lucas. My son got to watch Chase Lucas. No, dude, totally. It's absolutely hysterical that he's been able to stay as long as he has. But spoiler alert, when we do preview 2022, we're going to be wishing that Chase Lucas had that eligibility. But let's go ahead and dive right in to the 2021 outlook. Connor, this secondary played as well as any other in the Pac-12. You had some A-list guys like Jack Jones, the aforementioned Chase Lucas, and very, very solid play out of some role players, particularly guys like Jordan, or not Jordan, excuse me, um, DeAndre Pierce. So those three are really the guys who shine the brightest when given the opportunities this year. Evan Fields was solid when he was on the field. We didn't get to see too much of Tommy Hill. And the rest of the guys kind of sprinkled in there. Everyone knows who's been listening to this podcast, and I'm a Jordan Clark fan. I think Connor is on that hype train as well, but I will be driving it. I will be the main conductor. Connor, you can be my engineer. In the I just back. want a seat on the bus. That's all I want, man. Of course. Yeah. There's plenty of seats available right now. There's not very many outside of the two of us, probably all of his teammates and his family. So our job here at the Locked on Sun Levels is to get everyone on board to that train. So Jordan Clark is going to be a stud in 2022. You can go ahead. He's and going it. to need to be a stud in 2022 because we had a lot of quality players, Richie, as you had just alluded to. Uh, DeAndre Pierce led the secondary in tackles with 62 total. Uh, then you had guys like Jack Jones, Chase Lucas that were behind him at 45 and 36, respectively. Uh, some of those guys had multiple uh, interceptions, and he also had several sacks out of uh, the secondary as well. Uh, a lot of re remarkable moments also. Um, I, I think one as far as the secondary goes, the biggest one that we have to talk about, the pitch. Six. I am blank. I'm uh, and, and Richie, help me. I, I cannot remember the Jack opponent Jones of pitched it to DeAndre Pierce. They did that. Uh, Oh my God! Who was it? It's going it to bother Colorado. Me. Um, well, anyways, they they had the pitch six, and if you do not know what we're talking about, look up like on YouTube Arizona State pitch six or Jack Jones pitch six, uh, because essentially I think he goes in for did he get like a strip sack or something like that? Um, so he essentially there was the the ball was on the ground. Jack Jones has it in his hands, and as he's being um, tackled to the ground, pitched it to, uh, you said it was DeAndre it was against Pierce, Stanford correct? when we were picking off Tanner McKee for the first time all year for probably I looked, multiple I looked times that game. I would imagine. I looked it okay. up. Yeah. I think we okay. got in three times that game actually. Yeah. It's yeah. Confirmed, uh, Stanford against Tanner McKee, um, essentially pitched it to, uh, DeAndre Pierce who ran it in probably like a good 30 ish yards out, give or take. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't right at the goal line. Uh, so very, it looks like it was about a 28 yard pick six. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty close, about 30 yards, give or take two. Which, and uh, and uh, uh, Jack would have been credited with the sack or interception. Um, Pierce got the interception yards. Pierce also had that great uh, kind of tradition this year where uh, essentially on the turnovers would go give it to his dad, who is the defensive coordinator, uh, Antonio Pierce. So uh, definitely going to miss watching that a little bit. But you just you had quality all across the board. Uh, Richie, it's been a little while since ASU's probably had two really solid corners. Um, as far as like their NFL prospects go, I, I think Jack Jones, in my personal opinion, has the best shot in the NFL, but you never know. It wouldn't surprise me to see Chase Lucas either get drafted very late or be like a, a camp body as well. So 
trying to replace some of these guys is going to be very difficult, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, one of my favorite things about this defense, Richie, especially in the secondary, was just the swag they had. You did not throw very much on ASU uh, for much, at least early on in the season as well. Uh, they were one of the leaders uh, essentially in like least amount of yards given up. I, I think they gave up a little bit more uh, towards the later half of the season, but Overall, the secondary was very, very solid, helped out other parts of the defense, definitely helped having a, a great linebacking core like we talked about in yesterday's edition of the podcast. Um, but that secondary, oftentimes on a defense, can kind of help cover up uh, some flaws. So maybe when a, a team like ASU, who wasn't getting to the quarterback a little bit later on in the season, uh, generally having a, a really good secondary maybe to kind of help out the defensive line will go a long way, something we may not have next year. Yeah, precisely. So I think that's one of the big things that made this Sun Devils defense so effectively was or so effective i should say was the fact that they were able to create coverage sacks right is they they were they were struggling to get after the quarterback for a while they had gone five games without getting a sack on on defense and part of that was because of how much the pass rush was failing to get home but the coverage wasn't the issue it was just the fact that guys couldn't get home. And that's okay because when you have coverage as sticky as ASU, you were able to make it work. Now, obviously, it, it's not like they had the best secondary in college football, not even close, but you did have a lot of quality guys. You have two cornerbacks who will be making a case to go to the NFL. We think Jack Jones has a very strong chance not only to go the go pro, but also get drafted. And I think that Lucas, at a bare minimum, is going to get quite a few calls for uh for being a camp body and potentially making a practice squad i think both of them have legit nfl futures uh, lucas from the standpoint if he's such a strong leader he's firmly established he's he's a great tackler in open field he's good in run support and he's really sticky in coverage plus he's got all the intangibles he's right at six foot if not a little bit taller than that and ball skills like he he didn't get an interception mm -hmm. this year, but typically when the ball is in his area, he's making some kind of play on it. Jack Jones definitely has ball skills. Three interceptions this year, few pass defended, pass deflections as well. So Jack Jones, Chase Lucas were absolute studs in 2021. They're the main reasons why the secondary was as good as it was. Now, now that I think about it, so we talked about essentially Jack Jones, three interceptions. Dude, there was so much drama, I feel like, on all of it. I mean, one... One with the least amount of drama would we get would have been against BYU, but he had this sick, nasty one-handed catch at the end of the first half of the game that didn't necessarily get ASU any points, just because uh, essentially time was almost expiring when that happened. Uh, but it, it was a great one-handed catch, nonetheless. So uh, when you talk about ball skills, like there's there's players that have ball skills, and then there's Jack Jones, uh, the pitch six, which we had just talked about, and of course to end his career as an ASU Sun Devil. Uh, had uh, the pick six against U of A, uh, which that was a very lengthy touchdown as well, Richie. They were definitely on our side of the field, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was it was something special, and it was honestly, Connor. Like I know they weren't close in that game, but that's that's a moment we're gonna tell our kids about. Is like, Dad, tell me about Jack Jones. Mm -hmm. There, there's two plays that come to mind, and the biggest one probably that pick six against U of A because it just it couldn't have come at a better time. And it just, it, it's against that team. You just absolutely hate and you love to see it quite frankly. So uh, other than that, I mean, you had, you had guys that were quality all over the place. So you, you had your three guys, you had Pierce, you had Lucas, you had Jack Jones from there. 
it, it, it was just a lot of role players like Jordan Clark, as much a fan as I is, he didn't get onto the field as much. And that's okay because he wasn't expected to be because Evan Fields was supposed to be the main starter. But right now you just have a lot of uncertainty with what's going on with the secondary because you're losing so many key pieces that played key roles for your defense, not just the secondary. So there's going to be a lot of question marks going into 2022. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we do that, we do got to talk to you guys about our good friends over at NetSuite. So this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, uh, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses have already increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has offered new financing, uh, a new financial program for those ready to upgrade to netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that is netsuite.com slash locked. And again, we thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Like we already mentioned, free and available on all platforms. And now that's not only audio-wise, but visualize too. If you guys want to come and subscribe to our YouTube channel, we'd greatly appreciate it. We're trying to get this bad boy started up and we're going to have so much fun on the YouTube platform, guys. I think you guys are really going to enjoy what me and Connor are going to put out. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into our second segment. Now we talked about the 2021 outlook of the secondary. We got to talk about the 2022 outlook and Connor, let me tell you, it is B L E A K bleak. There, there is not a lot of certainty in this right so down so down what did you spell uh bleak oh okay got it got it got it what does that mean it 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 means like it out, out, outlook is bleak like I, I don't know how to explain it to you like you're 100 correct scary. it does not look good for the sun devils going into 2022 don't put me on the spot uh, like that on my own podcast I, I just need you to use it in a sentence man that's all i'm asking outlook is bleak <laughs> all right i'll take it um so for the this asu team who might have been lacking a little bit of star power in the secondary, but certainly not lacking quality. What we are going to talk about is they're lacking a little bit of depth. And for one reason or another, one, you've got so many players either graduating because they are essentially out of their uh, eligibility. They're headed to the NFL, whatever that might be. Uh, Richie had highlighted Jordan Clark, who's a DB, uh, essentially going to be playing outside for the Sun Devils this upcoming season. After that, it's really a lot of names. And that's scary. It doesn't mean they're going to be bad. It just means there's so much we don't know. And really through the, the transfer portal, there's been nothing so far. We do have a, a hard commit uh, from another DB from the name of Tristan Dunn, but he'll be an incoming three-star freshman. Um, so it's not so much that we can't expect a ton out of him. But as far as a three-star player goes, I don't think we should put all of our eggs in one basket, right? Uh, you had a guy like Tommy Hill, who's a four-star player who transferred. I, I mess this up every time. He transferred to, was it Illinois? Illinois. I always want to say that or Iowa. I can never remember. Uh, but I, I got I got it this time. So let's uh, let's just let the record show that I, I actually remembered one of those I states. So Tommy Hill uh, definitely hurts. You, and I think I talked about this the day that we had kind of found out that he was going to be leaving. You never necessarily know why the player is leaving. 
Now we had a, an opportunity for uh, Chip Trainum on a, a Ohio State uh, Buckeyes podcast, uh, kind of give his logic, but we didn't necessarily hear from Tommy Hill. So uh, whether he didn't necessarily want to play for Herm Edwards, uh, even though he had a, a great starting opportunity sitting in front of him, uh, whether he wanted to play for another school, you just, you don't know. So outside of Jordan Clark, now we have a lot of question marks. Again, it's not mean they're bad, but between your starting corners and your safeties, you have a lot to replenish. So uh, Richie, let's highlight maybe a, a couple of these guys here. Um, so now we have guys like uh, uh, Kian Markham, who kind of played towards the very end of the season, maybe a little bit more when Evan Fields was banged up, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So I think he's going to be taking on one more of those, uh, those safety roles, um, which I, I think we had talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Do you remember what his eligibility was? Was he a, a sophomore or a freshman? I got everyone in front of me right here. So um, let's see. Keon Markham is a Richard junior. I'm, I'm going to rapid fire all these names yeah, here. Let's, let's so, do that. Cause seriously, like you have Tristan Dunn, your hard commit is the biggest name because he's an incoming commit and you have Jordan Clark, who we've already talked about outside of that. It's seriously like a who's who rapid fire. Isaiah Johnson, who will be a sophomore Keon Markham, redshirt junior cam Phillips, redshirt junior Willie Hartz, redshirt sophomore. RJ Reagan, sophomore, Mason Williams, sophomore, uh, Vin Vincent. How did you say it again? Vincenzo Granatelli. Vincenzo. I butchered that again, but, uh, junior. Perfect. Elijah Canage, <laughs> junior T Lee, sophomore, Ed Wood, sophomore, Gene Boyd, sophomore. What you notice there, a lot of them were freshmen this year, or a lot mm -hmm. of them were red shirts this year. So there's not a lot of experience. Now that could be a blessing in disguise. Like we get torn apart the first half of the season, but then the second half of the season, everything gels. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of talent back here. Or you just totally get cooked the whole year. So there's, there's a lot of proving to do here and losing Tommy Hill. We knew it was going to be tough. I had no idea it was going to be this bad. Like, and this isn't a diss at all. It, these guys could all be great. I'm not sitting here like chastising them and trying to say that they're not talented. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's not a lot of experience here and that could lead to a lot of growing pain. So this is going to be a long-term story for the 2022 Sun Devils is how quickly is this secondary going to adjust to losing so many starters? Because you look and you had your, your top four guys, Connor Fields, Pierce, Lucas Jones, they were all seniors. So you've just lost, you've lost all of the eligibility. You've lost all of the leadership and you've lost all of the production gone out the window. So these guys are going to have to step up. Thank the Lord. They have that front seven that we've been talking about, which hopefully can make life a little bit easier. Connor, we're going to have that great debate that me and you have had plenty of times off the podcast. We can have it officially on the podcast. Well, not right now, but we can officially start the conversation. What is more important, a great pass rush and an okay secondary or a great secondary in an okay pass rush? Well, we're going to find out this year because last year we had that great secondary with an okay pass rush. This year, it's going to be the exact opposite. It's, it's going to be a total telltale of what is truly more important to a defense. Yeah, and we'll see. Like, So just to, to preface it a little bit, um, when we had talked about a lot of the uh, essentially the years for these incoming players, that's what they will be this year. So when we listed off a ton of the sophomores, those are the freshmen that Richie was referring to. Yes. Um, you, you've got a lot of 
inexperienced, but these guys, they have to play to grow, right? Like it, it unless you have incoming players from other schools that have that experience to kind of take over, it's, you're, you're going to have to go through the growing pains. But what we don't know is maybe there's a diamond in the rough somewhere. And that is the optimist to me trying to hope for the best, right? We truly don't know how well the secondary is going to be. What we can say is for 2022, trying to get it to be better. I don't think that's very likely. And I think that's just due to lack of more inexperience than it even is a, a talent. Um, when we got to, so Chase Lucas played here for five years, uh, but when we also got Jack Jones, uh, he was a very highly recruited uh, DB that played over at USC when he came over. Uh, so you essentially had two very quality players already known in the secondary by the time they were both starting. Uh, so you don't necessarily have that right now. We, we talk about how much we like Jordan Clark. Is he going to be better than either of the DBs you had this last year? He definitely can be, but I, I don't think either of us would say on this podcast, like it's going to happen just because of how much we like these last two outside corners. So whether it is your corners or your safeties, it's it's just going to take time. Uh, Richie, I'm really hoping from the question you just posed, I really hope that front seven is going to be able to uh, essentially help the secondary out. Uh, because even if we feel like it's very talented, having uh, Jermaine Lole back, having Trevez Moore and some of the other players like BJ Green be able to step up, uh, if the secondary is not doing their job, they're not going to have time to get out of, uh, after the quarterback. So uh, it's it's all got to work like it's uh, it's the defense is one body, right? Each uh, essentially each level is its own body part. They have their own functions and they all have to work independently. But their ultimate goal is to work together. So I, I would like to say there's going to be some talented players, um, but ultimately we still just there's so much we don't know. So there's going to be a lot that we have to watch to uh, essentially or sorry watch for. Once spring ball rolls around, uh, once uh, training starts to kick up before they kick off their first game uh, towards the beginning of the fall. So that's a lot of time for players to learn the playbook, get a little bit more familiar with one another, especially what, what kind of role they're going to be serving in. And also time for players to be able to enter that through that transfer portal. So uh, as of right now, we kind of said towards the beginning of the part of this, this part of the podcast that the outlooks that uh, what was that B word? Bleak. Bleak, Bleak right? I love but, that word. But we just... As of right now, we cannot definitively say it's going to be good or bad. They're, we just have to let this grow. If after the first four games when they're playing some of their easier, they're not playing very well in the secondary, I think we can probably hit the panic alarm at that point. But as of right now, we have to let these guys who maybe we don't know their names as of right now, they have to become household names in Tempe and the rest of the Valley. 100%. So with that being said, uh, we, got, we got a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online, And then after that, we're going to go ahead and talk some basketball. So BetOnline wants to wish you guys a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 year. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Connor, let's talk some basketball. So we got, we got Arizona State going to Stanford this weekend, playing the Cardinal. Cardinal, I believe, are like 12 wins, something like that. They're a very quality team in the Pac-12 point being, and it's going to be a very difficult game. And hopefully Arizona State took some of their momentum that they had from when they played Utah this past weekend 
and are able to take it with them over to California because this is this is going to be a big time statement game. If they can win this game, Connor, this so it's it's not like this win is like holy cow, these guys are gonna win the Pac 12. No. A win like this is like, okay, maybe they're not, maybe they're not rolled over on their backs yet. You know, maybe there's still a little bit of life in this team. Getting a win in Stanford would be really, really good for a lot of reasons. And if for no other reason than to just continue to give these kids the hope of let's keep playing our best ball because we're not, we're not done yet. Okay. We're taking it one game at a time. We're ready for any challenge you give us. Are we ready for any challenge? Because Stanford, as of right now, like you said, very quality opponent, uh, currently 10 and five on the season. Uh, they've got essentially three players that we have to uh, essentially watch out for right now. Uh, they got three different forwards, Harrison Ingram, Jaden Delaire, and Spencer Jones, all averaging over 10 points. Although the, the essentially their top scorer, Ingram, is only sitting at 11.9 points uh, per game this season. But those are definitely three of their most active players. Uh, they all have uh, essentially either any, anywhere from like four to seven assists, uh, and they're just about their top three leaders. Uh, so essentially, if you can kind of work around those three players, I don't think Stanford necessarily has um, some of the firepower to be able to to push forward in this game. Now, where that's going to be an issue for ASU is if their offense essentially is not firing all cylinders, even if Stanford isn't playing their best ball on offense, I don't know if it's going to matter. So if we look at overall the, the statistics for the season, um, scoring is, is not necessarily ASU's forte. And I mean that with the most sincere sarcasm. They are dead last in the Pac-12 in scoring, only putting up 62.7 points per game. Uh, I, I think we had kind of done a uh, like a, a review of where the conference stood as a whole, like points scored, points given up, something like that. Arizona was just over, I think, 90 points at the time. Granted, oh, I know they haven't played. Stupid. Yeah, they, they haven't played nearly as many games, right? Because they had games against Cal, our game, uh, probably several other games. Uh, UCLA, I believe, was in there too. Right, right, right. Uh, just other games that they maybe haven't played. So even if these numbers are more inflated, it's still stupid. They're showing 88.5 points per game. Uh, so essentially the two Arizona teams are the pinnacle and the, essentially the very bottom of the Pac-12 in scoring right now. Stanford comes in, not necessarily in the, the top half. They're uh, number eight overall, scoring just under 70 points per game, which, hey, if we're talking about uh, essentially what turns out to be like a seven to eight point difference per game, that's definitely a big deal. Where I do think we have a little bit more of a strength is going to be um, our our defense versus theirs. Stanford does not have a very strong defense. Um, in terms of steals per game, uh, they're eight compared to our four, which at the end of the day, how many, how many steals is that really, right? Arizona State has 6.2 steals per game. Stanford only has 5.87. So we're not talking this uh, huge dis, uh, difference in steals. If it was like three, four, five, more opportunities for ASU every game, I mean, that's definitely something to talk about. Uh, blocks per game, Stanford is almost last, uh, essentially getting 2.7 blocks per game. Uh, Arizona State, however, uh, is fourth in the conference, getting 4.4. So overall, there's been times this year where it feels like our defense has just taken over a basketball game, uh, but our offense essentially failed to step up uh, and put up the points on some of the uh, turnovers, maybe, or opportunities they were giving themselves. So... Uh, as a team, Stanford is shooting very well from deep. Uh, they shoot about 35% compared to ASU shooting uh, at about 28% from deep. So uh, ultimately, like if Stanford is shooting well beyond the arc, it almost feels like it's game over. It just, 
even if we play well defensively, we don't seem to have the offensive capability to keep up with them. But our defense, I think, plays a little bit harder than Stanford's as a whole. So we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. I, I don't think it's all about effort. It's not all about will. If that's the case, the defense would have would have uh, potentially won ASU a couple more games. Uh, they have to find a way to will the ball inside the basket, right? Pretty much. So Connor hitting you with all the rock solid facts there. I'll go ahead and fire back with who I think needs to really step up in this game. Mm-hmm. I think it really starts with Kamani Lawrence. The dude has been the best player for Arizona State this year, arguably. Like, obviously, I'm kind of a DJ Horn homer, but Connor really made great points all year about how good Kamani has been. And Kamani has definitely been the most consistent scorer for the team. He needs to continue to play big man basketball and just find a way to get get and drive inside, get those points, get those layups, whatever whatever it takes for him to get on the board. Needs to take care of that. I want to see uh, Enoch Bache continue to play hard as well. I want to see those rebounds go up nice and high. Whether or not he gets a start, we'll see. But if they decide to keep the same, the same starting five that they did against Utah, where they were able to find success with Marion Jackson coming off the bench, and that, that brings me to my third guy that I would tell you needs to be one, one of the biggest uh, like sparks, I guess is the word I'm looking for. One of the biggest sparks for this offense. Marion needs to be hitting his shots. If he's doing what he did last game, Karn, they're not going to have any issue. Because again, like we talked about, one of the biggest reasons why the score was lower when we won was those free throws. Normally, we're not that bad of a free throw shoot, a shooting team. So you get those back up. You get, I know, I know, we're not great, but we're not 25%. You, you keep talking. I, I want to say I was looking at this uh, earlier this week. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll keep talking. I got, I got plenty to say while you look that up. So you figure out a way to get back on the right track there. You get guys like Kamani putting up points. You get Enoch playing good defense. And if you can get Marion to be the final piece of that equation where he's actually hitting his shots on a very consistent basis, especially if he can find a way to hit from three, I like our odds to hang in there with other teams. I don't like our odds to beat teams like U of A, but I do think that when it comes to some of the other teams in the Pac-12, we could put up a fight. And I, I think... I think there's a chance, okay? It, it's like Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. I would not completely rule us out of this game. However, expect to be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed. After ASU, uh, what was it, against Cal, kind of took them to the, the wire at the half and then got blown out in the second half. Yep. Um, I, I, I hold my opinion to, uh, to like the last two minutes of the game. Uh, we'll, we'll see how competitive they can be. What I, I don't remember what the numbers are off the top of my head, but ASU has the most victories, I, I think like five uh, five points or less or two possession games or something like that since 2019 uh, for a team that doesn't have a lot of wins. So when ASU is winning, generally it's in a very close fashion. If they can just remain competitive, who knows? They might be able to give themselves a chance. And that's all you can ask for, Connor, is a chance. We need to see consistent shooting out of the whole team, play some big man, bully ball, and don't miss your free throws. That's Just to, to give you the numbers on that, yes, 25% is clearly bad for anybody. Uh, ASU is still uh, ninth in the conference. They're shooting like uh, uh, essentially about 67%. Very bottom is USC, surprisingly, only making about uh, 6.1% of their free throws. So obviously Not a very bad. off night. You can't 
You can't shoot like that from the free throw 6. line. 6.1 or 61? 6. 6.613. So essentially 61%. Okay. Okay. I thought, you said, I thought you said 6.1. I was like, holy cow, they can't, they can't hit the broad side of a barn. They're shooting that, their that free throws from the opponent free throw line. So. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. more sense. I'm I'm impressed they're shooting 6% then. <laughs> That'll go ahead and wrap up this Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. When you come back tomorrow, me and Connor are going to finish up this series talking some special teams with you guys. And we're even going to give you a little bit of an early glimpse of the game coming up against, is it USC? Who are we coming up with on Monday? I believe uh, it's USC. I think it's USC. Yeah, yep. I believe it's USC. And if it's not, then I'll correct myself tomorrow. I'll call myself a big dummy. And you guys can make fun of me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. You can also make fun of Connor at Cedrios. And you can come over and follow the Locked on Sun Devils page on Twitter as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Guys, we're free and available on all platforms Monday through Friday. It's the best Sun Devils content in the whole world. Call me biased if you want, but I speak nothing but facts. So Monday through Friday free and available. And now we're on YouTube too. So subscribe to us on YouTube, help us get that, that, uh, that ball rolling so that we can just give you guys the absolute best content in the whole wide world. We also would love for you to subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts at that Spotify, Odyssey, Google podcast, Apple podcast, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, we're there and available. So thank you guys so much for making the locked on Sundays your first listen every day. Go ahead and make your second listen locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, just like the Locked on Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.